0: everyone this is joe coming to you before the episode here thanks again for all the engagement that we've gotten it's really awesome to see please continue to give us those five star reviews and subscribe where you can so we can push it out to a wider audience but also want to let everyone know that we have merch which is kind of crazy that people actually want to wear stuff from our podcast um it is going to be at tspring.com legal fiction it'll be in our bio though too so feel free to click on that link there, go buy stuff, uh, buy everything you can so that I can pay off my law school loans. Thanks. And here's the episode. All right. Welcome into episode four of Legal Fiction.
1: Um, How was your week, Spencer? One one dumb thing I did this weekend, uh, uh, the GF and I uh, this morning went to a Renaissance Fair. Hmm. As big as a dork as I am, this was actually my first time going to one. Uh, So I knew what to expect, but I didn't know what to expect. (laughs) So like I knew that there would be like people in costumes. Uh, That was part of the appeal. I knew that there would be like old timey food. Like I expected there to be big turkey legs, which there were. And I had one overpaid for it, but still delicious. Uh, I was bummed that the beer was did not come in flagons you know, like, or big steins, like, it just came in a can, but yeah, it was fun, and you know, I expected kids and people running around, there were shows, there were events. What I didn't expect, though, were people being in character all the time, and wanting to engage me just as I'm walking up and down the thoroughfare with that old-timey accent, and I just, ah, ah. I rolled with it. The girlfriend was a bit weird, more weirded out. Just be like, how do I, do I respond in a dumb accent? Like, how do we do this? Like, I'm dressed like, you know, like a normie here. Like, so I guess they're just trying to like get me, it, make it a more immersive experience. But I just kind of felt like, dude, like, I don't want to be rude, but I'm not about to try hard either. Like, alone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but one other uh, failure of this was I finally got to do axe throwing, Joe. And uh, turns out I am not a good ax thrower, despite my Nordic upbringing, suck at it. It was quite embarrassing. Couldn't hit squat with an ax. Uh, and the guy just kind of looked at me like, well, I can do it. Uh, it. It's apparently a lot harder to do than we would think.
0: I went to a Renaissance fair once uh, as a kid. I think I was in like middle school because I was a kid who like loved playing Age of Empires. And I was like, hmm, let's take this the next step further and go to it. I know what you're saying, because the whole, like, I, I was like, cool, they're sticking in character, but it threw me off so much that I was like, mm, one and done, I'm good, I don't need to go back, uh, but the axe throwing, yeah, I know what you're talking about, because it's like a very, like, corporate outing thing now to do, is to, like, take your, like, workers, and it's, like, actually a lot harder than you think to throw an axe, you're like, yeah, just take it, throw it right, it's like, no, there's, like, you're going to throw it way too high, way too low, you're going to bounce it when you're, if you're not paying attention, like, it's like more that or goes not gonna, it. it's not
1: gonna release straight. It's not gonna <laughs> release straight. And that's the key. Like you have to release it completely straight. Otherwise, the natural spin won't actually carry it into the target. And you're just yeah. gonna, it's gonna clang off the target, and you're just gonna feel like a like you would have died back in the Middle Ages on the battlefield pretty oh, quickly. Yeah. Like that, that would have been done. clear. I yeah. wouldn't have even like, have I,
0: been conscripted to fight in a war. That would have been like you can just stay here. You're <laughs> just gonna be a body. Uh, you need someone to count things, so that'll <laughs> be your job.
1: <laughs> oh, man.
0: Some personal news that I do have from this week. All right. So someone sent me uh, the polygamy worms, right? You're familiar with these. Oh, yeah. All right, Delicious. Now, I'm going to show you each one, and I want you to tell me what flavor you think they are.
1: All right. Okay. So that's uh, yellow and pink. Uh, so it's like, what, a banana strawberry or something?
0: This is cherry lemon.
1: Oh, okay.
0: This is messing up. This is the green and orange one. camera. Well, I'm sorry
1: that you've got such a, you just, you've got such a hot sex <laughs> den with all your cool lighting back there, Joe. Jesus, throwing everything off. Well, so that's, uh, gotta be, like, green apple and orange.
0: Close. Lime and orange.
1: Now, okay, okay. this
0: one is... Probably always what I thought was the best one. Like the red and blue. Okay. What flavor do you think this is? Red
1: and blue? Uh, that's uh, blue raspberry and sh- cherry? I don't know. It's it's yeah, know. strawberry.
0: But yeah, blue, blue raspberry. No, I look on the bag. These have been great my entire life. That,
1: what? These can't, oh, Okay. I see what they're doing here. I see what they're doing. Okay, Big Gummy's trying to pull the wool over your eyes, Joe. Big Brother has infiltrated Big Gummy. Okay, and we've always been at war with Oceana. We always have, Joe. It's always been this way.
0: Like I How
1: dare you think otherwise?
0: seriously. Have been looking at this, and I'm like, I have Bernstein bared myself on this. Has it always been grape? I swear it's been blue raspberry. But that was
1: the most exciting thing. Well, it is distinctly possible. It is distinctly possible that as a child, you were something of an idiot and just didn't notice. So <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, it's possibility.
0: I did make the decision to go to law school. So yeah, that's a yep. big indicator yep.
1: that that dumb gene runs deep.
0: Uh, Spiral came out. I've not seen it yet, but I did hear that basically my prediction was right. Um, it both is good and sucks. OK, I called okay. it. So I did not see Spiral yet. But I did watch this weekend, Army of the Dead, Zack Snyder's newest zombie movie. When the
1: fuck did he find time to make that? (laughs) I'm sorry, that man is a mystery to me. A big, beefy, slightly fascist mystery. I'm sorry, go ahead. Now that I think about it, he may
0: have been the first zombie movie that I ever saw with his remake of Dawn of the Dead. It's a great movie, but it wasn't a good introduction to zombie movies for me because I always pictured zombies as like the most terrifying, fast running zombies from that point on in all my nightmares, rather than like the George A. Romero slow moving zombies. I didn't have immensely high hopes for it, but I actually really enjoyed it. I think it's sitting at like a 71 on Rotten Tomatoes, which to me is... It's pretty fair. I mean, I, th- I think that's decent. I would probably give it a little higher. Like if I were to score it like out of the bar, it would probably be like a 75. There were some parts that were kind of like drug and some parts that were very snidery. but overall, it was really fun. Um, on Twitter, I saw people getting angry that the end of the movie, no spoilers, but They play the song Zombie by Cranberries and people are like, oh, hit me over the head. I'm like, dude, if you haven't seen a Zack Snyder movie yet, like that is Zack Snyder to play that song. Come on.
1: God, he is just that man's vision varies between moments of clarity and actual innovation and dare I say talent and then also just cheesy stooly sitting around table with his buddies and too much cocaine no no it's gonna be cool no so i thought about this new zombie movie oh sick yeah i know right and did this the soundtrack reused used the cranberry zombie oh no one should be surprised by it. yes of course he did that he did the most <laughs> literal thing because he's oftentimes about as nuanced as a chestnut
0: I, i'm starting to kind of turn a corner on Zack snyder i used to be like this guy's just over the top sort of filmmaker but I'm kind of starting to like him. I don't know if you saw his most recent comments with, they asked him about Scorsese saying how basically superhero movies are like theme parks. And he was like, no, I totally get it. Like, he's a genius, so he can say that. And he kind of laughs and he goes, I'm sure he's not talking about my movies, though. And I was like, that's a funny, like, you know, he gets it. Like, he gets that he makes, like, bro movies. And I totally love that.
1: Just take your lumps. If Scorsese is commenting on you, would be like, well, he's earned a right to speak on this. <laughs> Thing I forgot about this movie was uh, one of the characters
0: is played by Tig Nataro. Oh, that's why
1: I saw her going viral a bunch. <laughs> okay.
0: Originally, they had filmed the entire movie with Chris uh, Dalia. Huh. Obviously, that got mixed. So everything was reshot. Shoot. Yeah. Everything got reshot with Tig, which I. I don't understand how Crystalia would have worked in that role, like if you'd watch it, like I think Tig was a way better choice and just the, like the style of the character. But overall, it's a good movie. It is a very much just a zombie movie, but it's a cool one where there's like smart zombies that like kind of know their surroundings and how to fight. There's the good old Romero slow zombies. It's a fun mix. It's got Dave Batista, which is always fun. I think he's a really good actor, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I, I would suggest It's on Netflix, so like, what do you have to lose If you watch it, too
1: right, right on Well, a little bit of sadder news of star and screen, Joe Charles Grodin died the other day, dude Huge loss Huge loss, huge loss For for you uh, legal fictioners out there Who aren't familiar with Charles Grodin by name Which, judging by our, uh, our data metrics That'd be most of you, actually Charles Grodin, you may know him best as the dad from Beethoven. But as one gets older and watches more movies, eventually you run into Charles Grodin and other things. And you're like, oh, God, he's just so good. Lived a full life, you know, died at the age of 86. Good for him. You know, he's left quite the legacy, uh, both on stage and on the screen. Uh, made the GF watch uh, Midnight Run the other night. I was going to
0: say that's, that was my first like experience with him. I think I probably saw Beethoven and just like, didn't put two and two together until later. That was my first like full on experience with him. And he's so funny.
1: So good. Like that movie is just great. with him. Well, and he's within that film. I mean, I think that's probably like sort of like the best argument for no, this is why Charles groan because it has both his deadpan and direct humor which is very refreshing both then and now he's in a two hour long movie with just him and Bobby De Niro and Groden just stands there taller than De Niro takes it and throws it right back. Does not bat an eye. And honestly, Groden owns every scene they're in. I can't think of any other movie where I've been like, Bobby De Niro is getting owned in this scene <laughs> regularly. That's a credit to Mr. Groden, who, uh, my the next on my rewatch is going to be the great Muppet caper. Haven't seen that since <laughs> I was a kid, but you know, I think now as an adult, I'd like to explore his love relationship with Miss Piggy a little deeper. So, yeah, man, Charles Grodin, um, a real one, uh, pour one out. Yeah, seriously.
0: But yeah, so uh, I, I, not too much else in my week. I, like I said in the last episode, there was a big church service. Didn't know that me criticizing it would transition to me having to torture myself for the movie this week, uh, also with God. But uh, there was another big rally for Palestine this week uh, at that park right there, which was a much more um, enjoyable one to listen to because um, it was something that I was like, yeah, I agree. I signed, but like the Jesus music, I was like, could do without.
1: Yeah, I, 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 the music could only improve. yes Yes.
0: and it was quite the thing to like see this rally going on and then a bunch of like midwest dads who are in my city still mad that they have to wear masks going into businesses and then mad at the free palestine rally going across the street from them at the same time
1: yeah there's a certain uh flyover state father figure (laughs) who's just who doesn't understand why? But for the last thirty years, he's just kind of whenever he hears the word Palestine, he's sort of, ugh, he's kind of stinks his nose up like those terrorists, that Hamas, <laughs> like, and you're like, it's oh. just ham ash. Like, it, it, it's it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, It's uh, really unsettling and tragic what's going on over there. So I'm glad uh, that folks showed out in your community. That's sure. Yeah,
0: no, it's actually Uh,
1: quite literally the least we can do. So in other legal news. Well, Joe, there is uh, some interesting, colorful comments made by an attorney involved in representing a bunch of the jackasses uh, from the January 6th Capitol storming The, the attorney for a number of those folks, uh, is a fellow by the name of Albert Watkins, who (laughs) gave some some humdingers of quotes in his client's collective defense uh, the (coughs) other day. But here's a couple pitch quotes. Listener, I apologize for the language that's about to be uttered here. I'm going to use this colloquial term, Watkins says, perhaps disrespectfully, but they're all fucking short bus people. These are people with brain damage. They're fucking retarded. They're on the goddamn spectrum, end quote. I've never represented people accused of insurrection, Joe. (laughs) So I need to give this fellow a little bit of grace. However,
0: it's such a like in a bar quote, because like I can't imagine him like giving this quote to a reporter, like in a like official like news conference or like interview format. Cause it's such like, he's like these people are short bus people and like i'm like this is this is on the record you you realize that right like i just imagine him like having a couple beers like spewing some stuff out and be like what's your what's your name by the way he's like oh blah 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 i work for like so and
1: so times and he's just like shit uh my guess is he did have a couple beers before saying that i don't know man attorneys like this guy are like this is this guy's deal. He's a St. Louis attorney, which uh, is not shocking at all. Uh, <laughs> he's, this is a very St. Louis guy. Uh, my guess is he doesn't live in the city proper, Joe. Uh, I don't you, know, you could correct me on that. I'm guessing he's more of a St. Louis County guy.
0: But, I mean, uh, all I know is St. Louis sucks. You know what? I, maybe you heard we're heard gonna... to here, folks. Maybe we're gonna piss off like some of our listeners, but the city stinks. It's got a terrible like downtown. There's like nothing to do. The teams are full of a-hole fans. And their biggest claim to fame is pizza with processed cheese and bagels that are cut like a loser.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll stand a St. Louis proper a little bit. It's an old historic Midwestern city. It, um there's no excuse for st louis style pizza though and apparently according to the internet there's st louis style barbecue which i i i don't mind i don't head, head to thing. the other side of the state and that's the barbecue city it's weird seeing st louis projects so much you know <laughs> but uh, even they realize yeah kansas city's cooler which is Listen, that's fucking us. That's a fucking sad day for any city (laughs) when it realizes that, yeah, Kansas City is cooler. So, when I was looking into this, I realized that this attorney represents another St. Louis blowhard and a personal favorite of mine. Uh, He represents a St. Louis, uh, you know, tort attorney and Senate candidate. So, uh, uh, soon to be
0: senator from Missouri.
1: And general asshole uh, <laughs> Mark McCluskey. And you may be wondering who's Mark McCluskey. Uh, y'all remember the, uh, the Black Lives Matter protests in St. Louis and there was this viral moment of just these cartoonishly out of touch and evil looking rich people standing in their yard with guns just pointing them at the crowd, yeah, that's, that's Mark McCloskey and his wife, also attorney. Uh, they're both shams of human beings. And uh, Mr. McCloskey, after becoming a viral sensation and something of a conservative folk hero, spoke at Trump's. Uh, he was at the RNC. He was a yeah. yeah.
0: He was a speaker at the RNC. Like,
1: <sighs> uh, listen here, listeners. All you, one needs to do is just pull a gun and wave it generally at people of color and hope there's a photographer around and you too could be on the fast track to having your own senate seat in the state of Missouri uh not to single out Missouri this formula would apply in about three-fifths of the country and that is a uh tragically unintentional irony that that's the fraction I came up with three-fifths uh but here is some mind-blowing content go to the Albert Watkins website this guy if you looked at those quotes and thought oh maybe yeah he'd had a few too many or got caught off guard and oh no 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 that's this is that's how this guy breathes i'm just going to read some selections briefly from his landing page on his website the founding member and senior counsel within the firm is quite candidly beyond description as lead counsel in countless cases Garnering both national and international attention, Albert S. Watkins has demonstrated unrelenting trial skills, which have rendered witnesses subjected to his cross-examination incapable of speaking. I'm sure they are baffled by what's going on. Caused multinational billion-dollar companies and their teams of legal counsel to capitulate and otherwise garner favorable media attention for even the most disgraced clients. Yeah, I mean, you make them look good by uh, comparison. Opposing counsel in the infamous "The North Face Apparel Co. v. The South Butt" case described the most dangerous place in the world as being the space between Al Watkins and a microphone. I'm guessing that comment wasn't flattering at all. But (laughs) hey, you know, you you take what you can. uh, You know,
0: it's like a movie of you when they say it's like unbelievable in how bad it is, and then they just quote the (laughs) unbelievable (laughs) part of it.
1: Self-centered, egotistical and a self-proclaimed expert in all matters. Watkins is unabashed about bringing to the public eye the irreconcilable nature of a position taken by an adversary in a case. I'm going to skip some stuff here uh, just because, believe it or not, this is the longest intro page I've ever seen for a law firm. It's like uh, four par- like long paragraphs. Oh, no, most... it's longer than that. No, it's longer than that, man. Like, and like most
0: is... legal bios are like, this person graduated from here... Here's where they are licensed to work. Here's maybe some of the stuff they've written. And they enjoy blah, blah on the weekends. Like, that's about
1: all you normally get in legal bios. Yeah. All right, picking it up. When the Obama mask-wearing rodeo clown appeared at a state fair in Missouri and garnered international attention for making racial comments, a school district superintendent announcing the rodeo was erroneously named as the maker of the offending comments. Watkins not only reversed a global media error and attribution, including front page clarification in the Habana, Cuba state owned paper, but he brought to the fore the counterintuitive prioritization by the media of inconsequential minutia while the world erupts around them. Good work, buddy. Good work. Ladies and gentlemen, the media, we got them. Fuck. Oh, way to get someone to run a correction. Watkins is also known for his outside-of-the-box handling of matters, including a request for a toasted ravioli smackdown.
0: (laughs) Which, again, is just another St. Louis of, like, look at the food we have. I'm like, yeah, the fucking frozen pasta that everyone can get at their grocery store, you deep fry it, and that's your claim to fame for food. Of course, this St. Louis attorney, like, refers to some shitty
1: St. Louis food as his, like, strategy. During the Boston bomber trial in Boston's federal court, Watkins, referred to as the quote-unquote Southern attorney, represented a Harvard professor in what became ground zero for the storied federal inquiry into the ACT scandal. Didn't realize that uh, America's second leading uh, college prep test <laughs> uh, company was in league with the Boston bomber. I, I don't understand what the fuck this sentence means at all. No, um, I didn't. Yeah. I mean, it, the toasted ravioli Smackdown also doesn't make sense, but like at least it's colorful, but moving on when faced with withering attacks relating to the circumstances surrounding a public figures, former spouses victimization by a former governor, Watkins remained steadfastly committed to his client despite ongoing incredible threats. A radio personality in his own right, Watkins hosts his own nationally syndicated radio vignette, an eight-minute show aptly called Watkins World, in which he waxes poetically about the news and events of the day, employing a decidedly conservative Midwestern, Midwest American mindset, a mindset Watkins refers to as having been born of rugged individualism. Watkins sold hot dogs for, from a cart. During his undergraduate studies, and proudly proclaims this undertaking the best job he ever had. Watkins does not hold hands well and admits of being incapable of seeing kumbaya.
0: Whew. So, his thing about the withering attacks relating to a public figure's former spouse's victimization by a former governor that's the yes. former governor of Missouri, Eric Greitens, Uh, he resigned as the governor of Missouri because of two things. That's right. The first one was a campaign finance uh, violation. The second was he had an affair outside of his marriage. He blindfolded the woman, but she was naked, took pictures of her and said, if you ever tell anyone about this, I'll show these photos. You know, to cover the basis. He has since been cleared of the campaign finance violation by an ethics board i believe the sexual assault case did not go forward because of the uh victim not wanting to cooperate with the prosecution i think that was essentially what it was
1: well that's revenge <laughs> porn though isn't it too it, like, oh yeah no essentially that's what it was sexual assault, like-
0: and He uh, has since said at one point, he said that he wanted to run again for governor once he got cleared of everything, which I mean, he'd break. It's Missouri. He'd win a landslide. But on top of that, I believe he has now said that he wants to run for Senate. Last I knew. So it's going to be him and McCloskey versus each other in the primary.
1: God. Oh, God. Oh, to be a reporter covering Missouri politics, Uh, just or to be a reporter for a national organization like no 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 just send me to missouri yeah yeah so on, on the other parts of his stuff like it just
0: goes on and on like and his thing about being like essentially like a radio head with like an eight minute show i'm like yeah dude you're a you're a fucking conservative talk radio segment host in missouri like it's not probably that hard to like get a conservative radio spot in the state
1: of Missouri. Joe, actually crowd growing idea. I mean, (laughs) let's, let's put together some really frothy baby brain shit, um, and (laughs) send some samples out to AM talk stations throughout uh, the show me state. See what hits. Thanks for listening. Uh, just remember, uh, all taxation is theft. Uh, make the libs cry and check out our podcast at legal fiction available, uh, where all podcasts can be found. I'll I'll put
0: in like on our like spot be like, if you think that you are being shadow banned on Facebook, just go to legal fiction podcast, give it a five-star review
1: and your shadow ban will be lifted. That you know what, Joe, that's an illusory promise. That's unenforceable. (laughs) I like it. Let's do it.
0: Uh, His other thing, too, about like not holding hands well and not singing Kumbaya. What? Why? Why have that even in your bio? I don't understand.
1: (laughs) Just in case you didn't get it. Albert Watkins is not a pussy.
0: (laughs) (sighs) And I do find it kind of funny that, like I said, most lawyer bios, when you go on the website, say where they went to law school. And like maybe where they got like their undergrad degree from Nothing on here And I've clicked on the other attorney profiles In this site They list where they went to law school This guy Maybe he's just BS'd his whole way into this And everyone has just never called
1: him on it Oh my god I'm looking at these other attorneys (laughs) Holy shit (laughs) Joe Oh Joe I think I'm going to send a resume (laughs) (laughs)
0: I mean, they're taking the big cases, so they probably charge
1: them out the ass. Yep. God. (sighs) Man. I just wish I... I, You know what I need to do is get in touch with my Antifa friends and send them after them. (laughs) Get some people's justice on this. Antifa friends, activate!
0: (laughs) We already kind of mentioned some entertainment news with Spiral. Uh, When this podcast releases though Uh, i believe it'll be releasing on the eve of when cruella is released and quiet place 2 which has been delayed by i think like almost a year and a half at this point i'll probably watch the latter may watch the former if it like push comes to shove but i'm not gonna like run out the door to see cruella
1: i'm probably gonna get sucked into watching cruella and i'm probably gonna go in be like, being ready to hate it and then to like for my own sanity like convince myself oh no this was actually kind of good or like transgressive or interesting and then I'm going to be that annoying guy telling you to watch Cruella <laughs> just because he actually just got guilted into watching it uh yeah I we mean we didn't we didn't need this movie no one was asking for this movie
0: it's a, it's weird because it looks like it could at the same time be a more adult movie but it's not going to be it's Disney. They're gonna to try to make it appeal to children as well, obviously.
1: Oh, one w- one update, actually, I forgot to mention Joe. On brand, uh, one positive development in entertainment news, and it's uh kind of related to our subject matter here, the uh Righteous Gemstones. They announced some of the new stars or at least supporting actors. Yeah, that's here, really good. And it and it includes Jason Schwartzman, which is that's a high risk, high reward proposition, I think. I think Schwartzman can be transcendent and really add something and i think he can also just be a, sp- a fun sponge and just ruin things uh but then also eric roberts Julian Roberts' <laughs> brother who my pop cultural knowledge actually does not involve him like he precedes us we just know him as a punchline really so like i'm looking forward to see what they do with him maybe this is his resurgence maybe so- this is his comeback
0: well, the thing is like, he is truly like, we talked, we talked before about like working man actor, like he, he has money so he doesn't need to, but if you look at his credits, he's been in over 600 movies and shows. Like, How? like he, what? he, has been working since like the 60s or 70s. Like he is. And he, so he like, just, he's one of the, he's, I think probably one of the ultimate that guy in a movie, when you see him, you're like, oh, shit. Also in the Righteous Gemstones, Eric Andre is going to be uh, a guest star, oh, which that's I'm right. extremely excited for. He's so good, so funny. It just
1: seems like there's not enough there's not enough room for an Eric Andre in that show, you know? <laughs> like, that's just too much, that's just too much talent. This is becoming the, the uh, expendables of, like, dark humor and, like, you know, riff comedy, but it's yeah. interesting.
0: And then, yeah, Jason Schwartzman, I think he's very good. It always throws me off that he's a Coppola,
1: too. Yeah, it's tough for those Coppola kids. You <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah it had, had to come from to nothing. Yeah. I mean, what are they going to do, fall back on their winery royalties? <laughs> uh, yeah. I've actually had the Francis Ford Coppola wine. It is fine, <laughs> like most wine. It's fine. Yeah, uh, no, I can't tell the difference with any of them. No, neither can most sommelier sir so it's <laughs> much like chiropractory chiropractory it's uh, something of a voodoo science so <laughs> we can move on yeah so if you didn't already see the
0: title of this podcast we are going over god's not dead two i hate what people like your clients stand for
2: we're going to prove once and for all that god is dead You're passionate about what you believe. I mean, let's face it, it's why you're in trouble in the first place. A student asked a question about remarks allegedly made by Jesus. And your answer incorporated
3: scripture itself. Yes. What were you thinking, Grace? I gave an honest answer to a student's legitimate question. I am not going to be afraid to say the name Jesus.
2: They're asking that you be fired plus revocation of your teaching certificate. You're on your own. So what's the good news? I don't like to lose. They've been dreaming. Of a case like this. They want to make an example of you. Her true motivation was to take an innocent question and turn it into an opportunity to preach.
0: The message of the gospel has us standing in the way of a lot of things that powerful people want. We're at war. I'm doing the matter of versus Wesley.
2: Mr. Kane will insist faith isn't on trial here, but that is exactly what is on trial.
0: If we grant Miss Wesley the right, violate the law, then our society will crumble.
2: The four Gospels contain the actual words of Jesus.
0: You're looking to prove Jesus Christ existed? That's ridiculous.
2: If we're going to insist that a Christian's right to believe is subordinate to all other rights, then it's not a right. Somebody is always going to be offended. Does he? Surely recent decision i would
3: rather stand with god and be judged by the world
2: than stand with the world and be judged by god
0: god's not dead he's surely
2: alive he's dead. god bless you careful or you might end up on trial he's living on the inside like a liar god's not dead
0: he's not the first one we're jumping in with the sequel which there is a third that also includes the legal world which i don't know if i want to torture myself some more maybe we'll watch it later but uh... i mean,
1: you are something of a completist so <laughs> it's out there joe just know just know it's out there waiting for you uh god god's not dead too uh can i give a little primer to our viewer on god's not dead one og <laughs> god's not dead yeah uh so, and caveat, I, this knowledge is gleaned solely from things I've read and super cuts that I've watched on YouTube because <laughs> Same, I'm not basically. sitting through this crap. Good God, no. So, this is technically a sequel to the original, the smash hit, God's Not Dead, you know, and it blew the doors off box offices. Like, this was, it was like the highest grossing Christian piece of cinema, like ever, or at least until maybe the 10 commandments, if you're going to go back that far. But Yeah, and the the premise of God's Not Dead 1 is the A plot, if you will, the main story is about a young college student who has to take a philosophy class with your stereotypical, you know, atheist philosophy professor who starts the class uh, with a little lecture being like, all right, if you're going to uh, be in my class, you need to accept one truth, God is dead. There is no God. The premise of God's not dead is there's a professor who asks all students to renounce their faith and admit that God is not dead, to put their name on pen and paper, admitting that. And then naturally, this one student, he refuses it. And so the professor, instead of just flunking him outright, says, all right, well, you're going to have to defend this in debate using facts and reason and prove to me that God is not dead. Funnily enough, this professor is played by one Kevin Sorbo, former Hercules, now current right-wing evangelical crank, who just does a lot of, uh, whether it's Pure Flix, which is the Christian studio that does this, or some of the even like less reputable Christian film studios uh, that put out even weirder stuff. Uh, yeah, he's insane. But you know he does a good job, I guess. The whole movie has a whole bunch of like B and C plots, uh, like it has dean stuff that goes Cain. nowhere yeah ex- oh yeah really like there's a poor economy of storytelling and editing no shit huh well i wonder if the second one can replicate these these incomparable <sighs> feats joe oh spoiler they will uh like for example like dean kane like is the atheist attorney who dumps his believer long-time girlfriend once she gets cancer like just and then like makes fun of his mother with dementia for being a Christian, and then bad things happen to him. Kevin Sorbo loses the debate at the end of this just dumb movie that I haven't watched all the way. But then at at the very end of that movie, after he loses the debate, after his Christian girlfriend breaks up with him, after he's just been embarrassed, he gets hit by a car. And he dies in the street. Like, that's the lesson. And then he accepts Jesus in his dying breaths from a pastor who is one of the few connections between the original and this one. That pastor, that is the founder of Pure Flix. Yes. The
0: whole thing, I was like, so is this like an Old Testament God where he like denounced him, so he sent a car to kill him? Because the scene, I watched it, it like hits him, the car stops, makes sure that he's like landed on the ground and then drives away. And then this pastor comes out and they're like, calling him the name. It's, he's like, nah, he's going to die. Let's just make sure he accepts Jesus. It's so bad because it is, like you said, it's not the typical college professor. It is the evangelical rights, like stereotypical image of like all college does is forces you to like reject morality and become like a crazy atheist mm-hmm. who is evil. Like, oh, like, like if you had a college where they're it's Marine,
1: like, you know what it is? It's Marine Todd's older brother is what it is (laughs) okay like you know marine todd you know like that archetype of the of the vet who comes back from afghanistan and iraq and then like uh gives a wedgie to some liberal american hating like professor and teaches him what and then everyone cheers like it is that fantasy which it is well weird pathos and fantasy culture that just is truly brimming beneath our feet at all times because. There is a huge swath of America that consumes this as prime time culture. Like this is the stuff. Like it's it's eye opening to like take on some of their uh, some of their heavy hitters full on and be like, oh, so this is what y'all watching? Okay, yeah, okay,
0: yeah. I mean, it's it is a Facebook post about if you share this, you love Jesus. If you don't, you accept Satan come to life. Like it is it's rough so yeah god's not dead 2 it starts off we're in arkansas uh i don't really know if if the last movie was in arkansas i can't remember
1: like they make it clear in this movie that it's in arkansas with all the arkansas flags everywhere they filmed it at the arkansas state capitol in little rock and uh, a credit to the state's uh you know movie making tax credit system that's why they came the first one clearly isn't, but it clearly involves the same universe of people. So I guess we've retconned the first God's Not Dead into Arkansas. I think yeah. that's canon now. But all right, move it on.
0: I myself actually watched this on the Pure Flix streaming service. I did the seven-day free trial, which I've already canceled as soon as I finished this movie. It does include a Bible study guide and a full eight-part series of behind-the-scenes i didn't watch them i didn't think it was going to be worth my time and they start off just very strong with the praise
1: music oh that that acoustic that that, that acoustic like singer songwriter like jason moraz but he grew up in the church uh, and it's <laughs> just and it's got that build and like and then it once they get the drone shots, like the overlooking shots, establishing everything, it's a beautiful day in God's world. Uh, then it hits the praise swell. And yes. whew, it, it, does, uh, it, it hits you right in the nose, lets you know, this is how this is gonna be. Yeah, so we're the-
0: seeing uh, the main character, Grace is her name, played by Melissa Joan Hart, getting ready for the day. I wrote down in my notes, if there was ever a town that lived, left, love, birthed, this is the town and i can see mm-hmm. so like the ship lap industry has made a killing in this town and i wrote <laughs> down in my notes while because it was a very long intro and i was like you know what maybe long intros with music and casts
1: are actually bad because this one sucks <laughs> and so <laughs> mise-en-scene melissa joan hart smoking a cigarette over a cup of coffee nursing a clear hangover And trying to force some random guy out of her house before pat boone hears him sneaking out that's that that would have been better
0: so we're introduced to melissa john Hart, who's the teacher we're introduced to again to the priest from the previous movie david r white which i i wrote down on my notes i'm like this dude does not look like a like a pastor like he looks like a like a hitman that you'd see in a movie with like his long hair and like kind of like yeah. scratchy. Like, I'm like, this dude looks like the guy who'd beat you up in a movie, not the guy who'd tell you like to turn to Jesus. He's the cool pastor. Of course, of course. There's Brooke in high school. She she is not getting along with her parents. I, I thought that these parents were Christian when they first introduced them because they're like, and then they're like, you want to go to Stanford? And I was like, there's no way this like, like fundamentalist evangelical Arkansas family wants their kid to go to like the Bay to go to college come on but we find out that's not apparently the case with the parents so then grace goes about her day she her dad grandpa someone played by pat boone who's like a famous pastor she's taking care of him to show she's a good person she then goes to school and she's talking with all her teacher friends about how much these certain kids annoy him. and she's like oh i love every day every day is a challenge to like teach a new student and i'm like I wrote on my notes, I'm like, that's the person when you're in a break room that you just you avoid, because you're like, I just want to complain a little <laughs> bit today. And you're talking about how every day is a blessing to wake up. I'm like, shut up. All right. I just had to deal with Mikey, who like, won't stop saying penis in class. And now I got to hear from you about how it's a blessing. The script is just so bad. Like the the lines yeah. like the pastor is going through it, his own mail, and he's going, Bill, Bill, junk mail. I'm like, who says that when they're going through their own mail? Like, you could have just had him flip through and see he has a jury summons, because that's the whole point. Well, is he's going to be on a well, jury. Because,
1: well, because a large chunk of this audience, uh, Waffle House goers that they are, are not accustomed to having to read for themselves. So they need <laughs> a little bit of narration here to understand the context. I think that's what that is. But that, go on.
0: She's there's one point where Grace is talking with Pat Boone, her dad, I think, back at the house, and he's like, the most sacred right in this nation is to know Jesus. So I was like, that's the most sacred right. The girl's like not doing well. She is
1: she's not paying attention in class. We learned that this is Melissa Joan Hart's AP history class. These are yep. high school juniors in an AP history class. But the fact that in this this school's AP history, they have broken into teams and are trying to answer <laughs> questions in quiz bowl fashion. And the standard, the standard of question is, all <laughs> right, which of you 30 kids of our smartest people can spot where this line comes from? We hold these truths to be self-evident. And I'm just like, yo, like, like that's like a middle school. Knows, <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I'm just like, it, it you know what? It's uh, not, a, not a positive commentary on public education in Arkansas. That's
0: all <laughs> it's, it's, again, just lazy screenwriting. They, her, they don't ever mention how, but this student, her brother, has passed away. And that's the reason that she's sad. So she tells the teacher, Grace, no, nothing's wrong. And she, like, seeks her out at this coffee shop that we just keep coming back to, which is, that's the one thing they got right. Youth pastors and youth group leaders, they're like lions when they see a deer at uh, coffee shops. If they see any kid, as someone who studied a lot at coffee shops through undergrad and law school, I learned that that is like the breeding ground for youth pastors.
1: You know, uh, and I was watching this with uh, the GF last night, and uh, we were riffing about these just god-awful coffee shops, and I said— Man, they just seem to spend a lot of time there. She's like, yeah, God, that's so weird. And then I just kind of looked at her like, well, we spend a lot of time at bars. So <laughs> this is really just their bars. And, you know, you got to give them that. No, I'm saying that's the one thing they got right.
0: Christian evangelicals hang out at coffee shops. So she asked her, like, where do you get your strength? And she's just like, Jesus. There was this scene where the mom is leaving. She's like, can you make sure that the Salvation Army gets his stuff? I was like, why? are the boxes still in his room? Why is the daughter sitting in the room while the Salvation Army is there? Why is any of this happening? Why don't you just put the boxes on the curb and then the daughter doesn't have to deal with this
1: when they come to get them? Hey, sweetie, can I inflict a little bit more trauma on you and you can actually supervise all of the memories of your departed brother in the hands of strangers? Uh, Could you do that for me? I'm late for Pilates. So the next scene is
0: back at the school. She's teaching about MLK and Gandhi. But what makes
3: nonviolence so radical is its unwavering commitment to a nonviolent approach, not just initially, but in the face of escalating persecution by the opposing force. Yes. Isn't that sort of like what Jesus meant when he said that we should love our enemies? Yes. Uh, The writer of the Gospel of Matthew records Jesus as saying, you have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you will be children of your Father in heaven, which indicates a commitment to nonviolence. Dr. King confirmed the link, describing his inspiration from scripture, saying, Christ furnished the spirit and motivation while Gandhi furnished the method.
0: Except that that didn't work. Jesus got himself killed and everybody knows that.
3: (laughs) Well, so did Dr. King. So I guess it just depends on how you measure success. Both men created movements that survive to this day even though both paid the ultimate price for their commitment to their ideals.
2: I still wouldn't do it.
3: Well, not very many people have that kind of courage. But I for one am grateful for those that do. You know, those who stand up for what they believe
0: and the student that she's already talked to brooke is like oh didn't they base their beliefs off jesus and she's like yes they base and she does she does a whole quote from jesus's teachings some students like well that didn't work because jesus was killed himself and that's stupid i wouldn't do that blah 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 that might have been me in high school (laughs) she (laughs) says how
1: did that work out for him
0: (laughs) she said that at one point she's like well i for one I'm glad that there's people that will stand up for their beliefs like he did. I'm like, so the whole point of this movie is she's standing
1: up for beliefs. So she's saying she's Jesus in this movie? Uh, (laughs) Well, aren't we all in one way or another, Joe? (laughs) And I'd like to point out, this is the first entry of a trope you're going to see throughout this movie. And you will encounter throughout any of evangelical writings, pop culture, film, music, is this... They have a habit uh, of equating Martin Luther. They love them, some Reverend Martin Luther King in the civil rights movements. They love that. They tie that to with their struggles and expressing their faith, and particularly their fight against abortion rights. To them, abortion is the new civil rights. Truly, like, <sighs> and it is. It is patronizing. It is appropriative and also it's historically disingenuous because let's be real a lot of these folk going to this movie now would be the same people forcing the black kid out of a white diner oh uh, the yeah, early 60s, for sure late 50s that's just the way it is and so i just wanted to get that out
0: now oh no you're right like they they love to take like the 10 percent of what mlk said and stood for and be like see he's just like us i'm like you're really not analyzing everything else that this man did and what he believed in. She like immediately gets called in by the principal. And she's like, what did you say? The principal also played by Robin Givens, which I was like, it's kind of weird. She's in this movie. Robin
1: Givens, man. I don't know if she's Robin like a big Givens. religious
0: person now she, or something, she but, needed a paycheck. but uh, they call her in. Uh, she has a union rep who doesn't rep her at all. Like she's just like, you idiot why'd you say that and i was like you're her union rep you're supposed to be on her side here
1: <laughs> yeah also first 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 legal issue they sit her down with like i don't know if it was the superintendent and the district's law school district's yeah lawyer. No, it's their lawyer yeah and she and she literally goes should i have a lawyer right now and they go, oh, well, we don't think so. Plus your union reps here. Okay. When you're in a situation where you think, should I have a lawyer? Yeah, four times out of five. Yeah, you probably yeah. should. Yeah. Like, and your union rep is uh, terrible, just yeah. terrible.
0: Which I also wrote in my notes. I'm like, not surprising that some evangelical movie thinks unions are bad.
1: Yeah. Oh, ooh, I hadn't even thought about that intersection. Yeah.
0: Okay. The union hires her a public defender, which I was like, that kind of doesn't make sense, but whatever. He tells her, I'm the only one who's going to take your case and educational law is not a specialty. And I was like, "Uh, yeah, it is. That's a pretty big specialty by a lot of firms do educational law.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Educational and law. Yeah. I don't know. Like, you're never going to find anyone like that. It's like, but, but there's, there's schools everywhere. Like, <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about what are you talking about i don't understand why a public defender got got shanghaied into this i mean like it makes no sense sense. none none other than i guess they want to paint him as the scrappy underdog who might be noble as well uh yeah and also shout out to jesse metcalf who plays this public defender just a hunk of a man like just just eats the scene and yeah, come I mean, a
0: long uh, way from uh, *Desperate Housewives*. He should be
1: a bad guy, but to me, he's Jesse Metcalf. And I actually had to go through his filmography during this. He's only done two substantive things by my standard: *Desperate Housewives* and uh, one, the high school movie where he dated four girls. I can't think of it all of a sudden. John Tucker uh, must die, man. Yeah, John Tucker must die. Yeah, he's John Tucker. Like, and like, he's perfect for that role. And I guess, man, he's really a. I mean, he's cashing checks, so way to go, Jesse.
0: Uh, Yeah, on top of that, the only other films that I know him from are the, I think they were direct-to-DVD, the two movies based off the Dead Rising video game. Like, he was the
1: main character in both of those. (laughs) Man, that's a sweet paycheck. That's a (laughs) sweet paycheck. You know exactly what you're doing. One thing about Jesse Metcalf I found was interesting because I was debating. So, and that's something you do with a lot of the actors in these movies is like, so are they like very just like impassioned Christians? Are they evangelical? Is this a calling for them? Or is this a cynical paycheck? And with him, I can't tell. Yeah. So in 2007 or 2008, I was reading up on it. He was flown in to host some random award show, I think in like Morocco or something. <laughs> and he hosted it. And then uh, there was an after party. So at the after party, he fell off a second story balcony at the Ouch. after party and fell thirty or forty feet. You know, broke a leg and whatnot. And then there's also a section in his Wikipedia about rehab, which also coincides with this time period. So I think that's <laughs> so like, it's possible he may be uh, you know, on the uh, you know on the god squad on this. So good for him, man. Yeah, he, uh, he, uh, he strikes me out. as
0: someone who could be that way. He they give her a deal. Call to order.
3: I assume Ms. Wesley understands that this board has the power to
2: recommend any number of disciplinary actions, up to and including termination. She does. And this board should be aware that in the event of such termination, which we would view as both wrongful and without cause, she reserves all rights of redress. I may have a solution. There might be a way around all of this unpleasantness that would satisfy all parties. A disciplinary notice in Ms. Wesley's file, stating the school board's objections to her behavior, a response from Ms. Wesley, confessing the inappropriateness of and apologizing for her actions, along with a pledge not to engage in similar discussion of Jesus in the future. I'm confident that we can move forward on that basis. No. Grace. I can't. I'd like to request a brief recess to have a word with my client. Excuse me. Grace, this is exactly what we are hoping for. I mean, this is the part where you say you're sorry, thank your lawyer, go back to your classroom, pick up your life, and move on. I can't do that. Why?
3: gave an honest answer to a student's legitimate question in history.
2: Grace, Grace, you don't want to do this. It's the wrong decision.
3: Is it? I mean, I would rather stand with God and be judged by the world than stand with the world and be judged by God. I am not going to be afraid to say the name Jesus
0: are like you gotta admit you're wrong you'll get a mark in your record and then you can just go back to teaching and her lawyers and me like that's a good deal sure and she's just like oh no my morals oh, i can and never that you'll admit- never do it again yeah and she's like my morals I-, I can't i was like dude this is stupid so he comes back and he's like well we can't agree to that so then and this is where everything just starts to really not make sense for me they call in the aclu to file suit
1: against her or something you can tell it's the aclu by the horns protruding from their head (laughs) and the like smell of sulfur as they enter the room but Uh, the
0: thing is is like they they get ray weiss who i love i think ray weiss is a very good actor but he's not an aclu lawyer he's like a slimy corporate lawyer who's like there to like like get one over on like the poor people he's not the aclu fighting for free speech and like equal treatment under the law so that didn't make any sense and then they start interchangeably using like he's the prosecutor but he works for the aclu and i was like is this a criminal trial now and now the parents are suing but it's also the school that's i was like the parties here make no sense but the legal stuff it's not the point of Ooh. when they're writing Ooh. this movie it was just to like get on a Ooh. grandstand That's, and preach that much
1: is clear that much is clear cool buddy he- and also our evil aclu lawyer played by ray wise uh who is an excellent character actor uh probably most known for probably killing laura palmer and twin peaks spoiler spoiler yeah, uh, spoiler yeah but uh yeah and, and he chews up every seed like he, he like I buy him as evil, uh, but then he says I work for the ACLU, and I'm just like, oh, not exactly the granola chewing, you know, um, you yeah, know, uh, you know, rainbow flag waving person I typically associate with the ACLU. But hey, you know, like I guess I'm uh, I'm naive.
0: He says at one point to the parents, he's like, they're like, so do you really want our daughter to get go to Stanford, and they're like, well, they're gonna love that she was part of a constitutional law case. And I was like, yeah, school's really going to love that their daughter sued
1: a school. That Okay, sure, sure, movie. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. we love that. We love that. Also, I didn't understand the the solicitation ends of this, like how they fell into bed together. I don't understand the politics thinking from the school being like, well, we could just throw her to the wolves of the ACLU. And I'm like, what, what? Like, you're not going to fire, you're going to let... Them sue her, but then they would have to sue you. And
0: yeah,
1: it didn't make sense. Why aren't you a party to this? And I guess maybe they like settled out super early. I don't, it makes makes no no sense. sense.
0: It It makes no sense. sense. If anything, the ACLU would have been filing on the teacher's side on this point because I've been like, this is free.
1: Well, and and that one's what I kind of get going back and forth between because like I could see an ACLU suit brought against like. A school being overly preachy and pressing, like, you know, Christian values or any certain values on schools, on students at a public school. But I could just as easily see them coming to the aid of a Christian teacher who speaks a little bit about her faith and gets in trouble. Same with a, you know, person of, you know, Muslim uh, or a Hindu. Listen, the ACLU has defended the KKK, all right? And they didn't like doing it, but that's their job is to defend free speech, period. (laughs) Like, and like it or, or, or hate it, like that's what they do and that's what they're here for. And I, I the villainizing them like this is just, uh, I mean, yeah, well, that's that's a choice.
0: Yeah. And I was like, because I was writing them my notes, so I'm like, why is the ACLU the bad person here? And I was like, oh, right. This is an evangelical movie. So the ACLU is bad. I guess that's, that's <laughs> it. We get to court and they're doing voir dire where they're interviewing all the jurors to see who they're going to strike. This I wrote down in here, I'm like, so this movie was made for like five million dollars, I think, and most yep. of that had to just go to Melissa, Ray Weiss, and Ernie Hudson, who's the judge. Like that
1: had to be the three Hell biggest yeah. costs. Get paid, Ernie, Get paid. <laughs> well, a lot of the costs were offset by Arkansas's aggressive tax credit program, which you can read about on the state's <laughs> website. They're very proud of this. We uh, landed God's Not Dead too.
0: I did laugh at one point. I don't think it was their intention. They're interviewing one of the jurors and they're like, what's your favorite show? And he's like, Duck Dynasty. What I thought was funny was th- the friend of Brooke at the school is the daughter of the Duck Dynasty family. So, which I also looked it up. She got married when oh. she was 21. Like, oh God, I, huh? in college, sure. But phew, I would not have been ready to get married at that point. She already has a kid
1: like importantly during voir dire here they uh our favorite cool youth pastor the sandy-haired scruffy uh we'll just call him pastor cool dude is uh you know he he got picked for jury duty and you know as he put it uh you know he's got a one in 300 chance of being picked for the jury and he's got a better chance of being struck by lightning than having to serve on this jury and i just looked at those numbers and thought Well, that's not right Like, and uh yeah uh i I guess you know math is not the strong suit of the evangelical community but we'll move on
0: yeah uh according to my quick google search you have a one in fifteen thousand and three hundred chance of getting struck by lightning so a little bit better chance to be put on the jury than i thought it'd be (laughs) so yeah they're doing vaudier. they strike you know the typical sort of people that are you know too religious or too liberal they then have to let in the pastor he was like we're striking him for cause and he's like you can't do that because that's on the basis of religion and even though this case is about religion you wouldn't be able to do it which i was like yeah maybe but like, it's it's a a little too close in this case but i get it like
1: now now that's legally right uh and the point is like in voir dire you have challenges for cause which is like if it's a pollute if it's a for example, a trial about a police shooting and you get someone on the jury who says, yeah, my brother got shot by the police five years ago. That's for cause. Like you can like that person's clearly going to be biased. Uh, and then there are the other ones, which are peremptory and you only get, you know, so many of them depending on the jurisdiction and, uh, you know, the ACLU burned all theirs. They had to get that Marine out of there (laughs) because which part of God, country and core do you want on that jury? So they got him out and then just shoddy work they find out oh this guy's a pastor
0: they they introduced which i had to look up the original god's not dead because they introduced this blogger who's like this left wing blogger uh who finds out that her cancer has gone away and i was like what's the point of this she's from the original god's not dead that's like a continuation yeah, of, a one plot. of the connections so i was like oh yeah. okay but also i wrote down so how i said most of the money went to melissa ernie and ray none of this movie went to wardrobe because everyone dresses like a Vera Bradley catalog. Like, they're, like she's a left-wing blogger, but she just looks like some mom who'd have, like, a coffee blog. Like, there's no one, nothing that makes her believable as a, like, radical blogger. <laughs> and cancer disappears, and she's like, I believe in God now.
1: Which, good for her, but, you know, what's not good for her. Yeah, she's decided, I'm going to start a new blog about my journey through faith in cancer. Like, all right you know how i'm gonna write it i'm going to dictate it into this dictaphone she is the only blogger ever to like just record her voice who's gonna blog it like who's gonna transcribe that what the (laughs) fuck like who has done that ever i was just like like, that's a dictaphone and uh, just, just mind numbing. It just, just, just stupid. Okay, yeah, that's, that's a small thing, but just one of the many dumb small things that add up in this fucking movie.
0: So they're they're going more through the trial. There's one point where Ray Weiss goes. There's a good chance that most of this jury is probably Christians. I was like, dude, you're in Arkansas. They're all Christians. Like, there's a good chance mm-hmm. that every single one of them is Christian. They have opening arguments. Uh, the opening argument of Jesse Metcalf is. He basically just says, "Yeah, what the judge said, that's actually not true," because the judge talks about the Establishment Clause and the Freedom Freedom of Religion Clause. Sorry, he's just like, "That's actually not what." I'm like, "What? What are you trying to do here?" And so his all all the opening arguments are done. The trial itself, to me, when I was watching, is not really that important because none of it is like makes sense.
1: Yeah, Joe, for our for the listeners, what is this? trials legal issue can we suss that out real (laughs) quick so hold on and we can workshop this we can workshop this real quick so melissa joan hart asked a question about oh so gandhi and mlk that's a like a lot like what jesus said and she says yes and jesus also said this and so that's why you're right to make that point she gets in trouble for violating quote-unquote federal state or local policies or guidelines uh for you know as the aclu villainous attorney you know puts together a d- good theme for the for the jury says it's about you got to teach not preach uh and so what's the legal issue here what is she on trial for i don't understand what relief <laughs> they're seeking is it uh monetary damages district like i don't i don't know why we're here and i know yeah i'm we're law nerds but like what the fuck is going on here like i (laughs) yeah like they're
0: like saying they're gonna strip over teaching licenses and make sure she never works again and i just it makes no sense what they're suing on they also say that they're prosecuting her at certain type times in the movie which i was like again you're just like saying it's criminal then it's civil (laughs) that's like what's going on uh they interview the union rep again and she just throws her under the bus. I was like, You're the goddamn union yeah. rep. <laughs> like, why well, are union you just
1: rep, You can't take the stand against your own coworker? Like, what, what no? That's the worst union rep in the history of union reps. And guess what? As much as I love organized labor, there are some bad union reps in the history <laughs> of union reps. <laughs> uh
0: they they pontificate throughout the trial about how like, so this you're named after MLK, but you say you value diversity, but you don't value like diversity of thought. I'm like that's such a like right wing like talking point. Uh, there's another part uh-huh. in the in the middle of the movie. I maybe I missed it, and you can enlighten me. But all the pastors are meeting and having brunch, and like the head pastor, who we just see that time, is like we've been ordered by the police to turn in our sermons from the last however many days. And I
1: was like, what? Why? what's it why yeah first of all our juror pastor pastor cool pants um they're kind of talking about the case that he's a juror in and he says well you know i can't really talk about it but it's clear that if we let this stuff slide we're going to be going from uh preaching to persecution like we'll we'll be we're next You know, and it's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, you should not be talking about this (laughs) at all. A, B, the head pastor of their, you know, I mean, it's a religious college. says they're coming for our sermons. And I I didn't understand. Did this have to do with the lawsuit? Or were they under investigation for, I don't know, uh, like, fraud or like were they funneling money Were they moved were they human trafficking like what's going on we yeah. don't know it's just yeah. sort of like oh they're subpoenaing our records I'm like why yeah Who, <laughs> under what authority it, this makes no sense
0: yeah they're just like you like, got to give them over I mean, <laughs> for what that's ah, not important
1: the one thing from that meeting that just struck me raw oh yeah that's the line pressure today uh persecution tomorrow but the one that struck me raw was there was another one of the pastors there and it was an older black pastor who just goes well but the moral but the 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 silent majority uh, yes and and i just go holy shit <laughs> did this evangelical film just get a black actor to say well we just got to get the, the the silent majority to, on our side here and i'm like what the fuck? like that is do you have no idea what that term actually references and and, and means, and what historically and yeah. like the, to like just shove that into the mouth of a of a black actor in this case? Like, there's a, another pathology which is a little bit beyond the scope of our podcast with how the right or evangelicals in particular tend to like fetishize a certain black Christian. Uh, yeah, and they do that through this movie. A couple times it's either the old and wizened, you know peppered hair uh pastor or the you know the international pastor like from vaguely somewhere in africa who's there and it's just always cheery and happy <laughs> yeah. uh just like both caricatures and it's just uh i
0: wrote that line down too i was just like what the hell like you really dropped that line now granted this movie was released in april of 2016 so it was probably filmed like mid to late 2015. So yep. m- maybe that wasn't as big of a word, but it was still a word at that time that carried all that sort of like connotation with it.
1: It has since the 60s. It has since George fucking <laughs> Wallace and Richard Nixon. Like People
0: immediately now are like, that's a Trump thing. like. But it's like, no, it's been there.
1: Oh, no, it goes much further back and yeah liberals are are are, can be goldfish too but god damn it like it's just yes and
0: there was parts where i just spaced out but they're going through their defense uh there's like a semi sort of love story between jesse metcalf and melissa joan hart because he comes over and he's like let's work on the case together and he brings over food which like they're already halfway through the trial. And he's like, we got to come up with a defense. I'm like, Mm -hmm. you got to do that months before the trial. (laughs) Like he's like, come on, let's think of a defense. I'm like, dude, you got maybe what, two days left the trial. And just now you're coming up with what your defense is going to be, which is the whole thing with this movie that it doesn't make sense because their defense now is to prove that Jesus was an actual historical figure. And it was a history class. So you could be teaching about that. But at the same time, they, like, they just throw everything in this trial where they're like, well, we're trying to prove that it was protected speech, but we're also trying to prove that Jesus was a historical figure, so even if she did, it's okay. And we're also trying to say that she didn't even initiate the question, so there's all this stuff from, like, this is one of the worst defense lawyers I've
1: ever seen in a movie. <laughs> So they switch up their defense like, well, so if we can prove that Jesus is a fact, then that makes what you were saying facts, and it's not opinion. Therefore, it's not preaching, and therefore, we win this thing. So what we need to do is find some experts. And so they do, (sighs) and they find experts to prove that Jesus existed. which Which, cool cool like also i enjoyed these experts i think this was my favorite part of the movie was this uh you know there was a professor of christianity uh who was able to like sort of like lay out the factual basis for jesus existing beyond the bible like historic sources being like yeah this guy existed and like yeah he was crucified and you know the, the hebrews loved him and uh and then another was like a former homicide detective who like kind of like broke down the like discrepancies between the gospels to and you know to sort of like through his uh i, I think the term is forensic statement analysis be able to jujitsu them into be like actually these inconsistent statements make it even more proof that jesus existed and here's why and like that was actually really fun to watch but like in the back of my mind i'm just like you just changed your strategy needing these experts like I'm going to challenge those experts. They don't get to testify. You should have designated them months ago, a yeah. year ago. Like what the hell? We're just, yeah. like If I'm Ray wise, I'm pissed. And,
0: and that this whole part of the movie is just so a bunch of uh, act. Cause they're actual people at, like who are in this fe- work in this field. They're just playing their real life selves. And it's just so that they can get on a pulpit and preach and talk about the teachings and how it actually is a real thing which i looked up one of them because there's one who doesn't testify but he's referenced uh gerd ludemann he's like a german new testament scholar because one guy oh, with first, a name like
1: that in <laughs> german no
0: the shit. first guy mentions him so i'm like uh, first i was like oh this is a real dude i'll look him up see if he's actually talking about a real guy the guy is yes a new testament scholar but he has since been fired or wanted to be fired they tried to from a German university that he worked at because he authored this whole book that he said 95% of what Jesus is quoted as saying, he probably never said or did. It's probably about 5% is actually true. And we've just kind of like BS and like made everything bigger. And so the university that he worked for wanted to fire him for it. And I was like, of all Christian theology experts, you referenced the one who kind of goes against your point in this movie. So, but I mean, did they do any research when writing the script? No.
1: They went to the hot list of uh, evangelical stars to prove their case, which cool. (laughs) I mean, I guess that's their thing. Uh, One thing that stood out is when they, you know, Ray Weiss got this homicide detective on the stand to try to cross-examine him about the flaws in his methodology or his analysis of the gospels. And, yeah, and, he, and he goes to mode of like, oh, well, so you're a, you're a believer. That's why you wrote this. And he goes, actually, you know, I was an atheist, and I wrote this. as a, I went into this project as a skeptic trying to prove something, that these gospels are full of malarkey. You know? But through the process, I became a believer. And I realized almost every person, every person whose origin we get, no one was born a Christian in this yeah movie. Melissa Joan Hart was not born, like, our main character was not born into a house of faith. She found God in a time of difficulty, presumably in college, it sounds like, yeah, uh, when she was just going through some stuff. Like, almost all of these characters, like, they all, like, did not grow up in the church. They just found the church, which I thought was interesting. Like, I, I guess, I don't know, Joe, is it less compelling for there to be a character who's like, oh, no, I was born in the church, and I believe this stuff, and, uh, yeah, that, that I still well, this stuff. like, why don't we have that? Why is there this type of everyone being broken and coming here?
0: This is anecdotal, but as someone who went to religious school from kindergarten until senior year of high school, most people who are enrolled and put through that, they are by and large the ones who end up leaving the church. And the ones that you get are the more militant ones are the ones that choose to become like a Christian and in their later years it's it's like I said it's very anecdotal but the ones that I've met that are the more like militant and zealous Christians are the ones that like in college or later in life like decided to become it and the ones that don't care that much about religion were the ones that had it their entire life growing up and they're just like I never really knew why I was going we just did.
1: I guess that's uh that's a whole nother issue, I guess, to take on. Uh, I, I just think that's interesting uh from, from scripting and character re- development perspective. That's all.
0: And and I think that's that's because this movie was written from much more of like an evangelical. And I think that's where you get some of the most passionate people or people who are like, I saw the light and I changed, and now I, you know, want to make sure everyone else sees it too.
1: Yeah. And throughout all of this, though, like obviously. This 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 legal drama is playing out in the media and on cable network news and on (laughs) blogs and on the radio. There's a scene at some point where Mike Huckabee, OG Mike Huckabee, former governor of Arkansas, gets to comment on it. Like they bring in all the heavy hitters for this to like be the talking heads. And naturally, there's a whole lot of protesters, Joe. Like early in the movie, after the teacher gets in after Melissa Joan Hart gets in trouble you know, the, 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 you know the, the Fellowship of Faith Society of the high school or whatever you want to, what, the Warriors for Christ, Campus Crusaders, whatever they are, they all band, they start, you know, holding up placards outside. And then like, as we go into the movie, there's more and more protests at the Capitol steps. And the one thing that I noticed that just really bothered me and really spoke to a certain pathology is all of the Christian supporters of Melissa Joan Hart's cause here they are all well-dressed, well-coiffed, they are all good-looking and very healthy and wholesome, okay, and they're always silent and just taking it as good Christians, whereas the fucking mouth breather liberal (laughs) god haters are just right next to them with their own signs, just screaming, and they are all, for the most part, uh, these are all, uh, you know, you do the research, like, they cast a bunch of locals from Arkansas to, like, come in and, like, do these roles, they are all the unwashed, they are, like, not good looking they are fat they are tasty they have bad hair or bad skin like they all just look terrible to quote uh the gf she just goes what so our side we just have a bunch of toads is that what this is <laughs> and, and it's like yeah no that's 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 how the world view works here and i wrote
0: some some things down in my notes about that too at this point because like it's very clear i'm like all the people who are like the bad atheist protesters they don't look like people who would be, they look like religious people from Arkansas who would be on the side of the teacher. Yes. One sign I saw that I wrote down said, laws are meant to be followed. And it was like a, like atheist. I was like, oh, come on. That person holding that kind of (laughs) sign would not be on that side.
1: Well, what also makes me appreciate this film is just thinking that there was one production assistant, maybe two, whose job was to prepare all of these dumbass signs for the film, like with the same markers. <laughs> so, like, I, I imagine if you take a Zapruder film esque approach to these signs, you will see they're all written in the same script. And <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just like the same lame sloganeering.
0: So things are getting dire for Grace. There's a scene where she's like, "Nothing's gonna work." Yeah, she
1: has a shitty attorney, <laughs>
0: and she she hears people at her door. And there's like a long scene where they sing a full, a whole crowd sings a full gospel song to her to like give her hope. And I wrote down in my notes, I have watched a lot of horror movies that have some pretty gory stuff and some pretty nasty things, but I have never felt more uncomfortable than when I was watching this scene of them serenading her with a gospel song. It just was unnerving.
1: Well, it was a mix of Christmas caroling and also like how and serenading, like how fraternities and sororities will go like from house to house and like serenade. Hey, we don't want you to go to prison for being a Christian and teaching kids. Um, and also, hey, there's Pat Boone singing along with us. It was a weird and eerie scene. I'll say this though, uh, to its credit, how great the art. That's a great song. I thought they sang it. The rendition was pretty good. If I if I am part of the audience that this movie is for, I find that to be a compelling and very moving scene. <laughs> uh, but I'm not a part of the target audience because I don't sniff fucking pain, and uh, this it, it was just awful, just awful.
0: So bad. Oh. So the final like courtroom scene. Is they call Brooke, the student that asked the question as a witness, which they do it as like a surprise. She's
1: the plaintiff. <laughs> she's the she's the plaintiff, forced, you know, like her parents are using her as a legal fiction to bring this like on, on like because it's really their suit against them on behalf of the daughter. So then shes bursts into the courtroom and demands to be heard. And so Jesse Metcalf, an attorney extraordinary go like, well, what would she say? Will she say? Melissa John Hart. that she asked a question and i answered it that's it it's like all right we're 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 calling the juvenile plaintiff and then ernie hudson is just like unnecessarily grandstanding i guess he was just getting bored with his role in this movie at this point but (laughs) he's like can you be truthful like yeah like oh okay get up you're like what Yeah.
0: yeah like like you said she's the plaintiff if she was going to be a witness on this case, it wouldn't be like a surprise last witness. She would have been like one of the first ones to just testify about what happened that day. Yeah, maybe. They question her. She, Ray Weiss catches her that actually the first time they talked about God was at the coffee shop when she asked her, how do you find strength? She said, Jesus. So she's like, oh, so she actually offered this first. So she is trying to preach and, you know, convert you or whatever. So everything looks terrible. Uh, the pastor, uh, who's like the B plot, his like appendix might burst or something. So he passes out in the court.
1: Yeah, he just fucking just dropped.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so they take him to the hospital. And they get this very like stereotypical like, Oh, she's definitely not gonna go for the teacher next year who has like a nose ring and like, bl- like blue hair and stuff. So they're
1: like, Oh, Definitely a crazy lib who's not going to go for freak liberal freak. <laughs> Jesse Metcalf calls his own client to the stand in Jesse Metcalf parlance. Uh, we've had a few jabs, but we need a you know we need a knockout punch, and we've lost credibility with the jury because they found out that you had actually talked to this student and mentioned Jesus before off school grounds, which man, at this point, I'm just shaking my, my <laughs> wrist, like, like I care, wank motion, I, I just don't care. And then I was like, well, we gotta do something. And so he shows up late for the last day of trial. And instead of in his like endearing kind of like blazer, kind of rough blazer and rough pants apparel, like the prototypical poor public defender, he shows up in a magnificent suit. I mean, Jesse Metcalf is looking good, and he comes in and he goes, "I'm calling Melissa Joan Hart to the stand," and it's just like, uh, then Melissa Joan Hart just funnily asks, "Wait, do I have to?" And I just wanted to say, "No, you, you don't." don't. Have to. <laughs> like-
2: Your Honor, I have one final witness to call, Grace Wesley. Ms. Wesley, please approach the witness stand. Do I have to? I'm afraid so. Your Honor, given the witness's reluctance to testify, can I have the court's permission to treat her as a hostile witness? You may proceed at your own peril.
0: You swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I do. Please be seated.
2: Grace, I want you to do something for me. Something for everyone in this courtroom. I want you to apologize. I want you to say you're sorry and that you made a mistake.
0: Your
3: Honor, what's Uh, going on here? Do it, Grace. I can't do that.
2: Why? Why can't you do that, Grace?
3: Because I don't believe I did anything wrong.
2: Well, as your attorney, I'm advising you to do it anyway. To at least pretend that you're sorry and throw yourself on the mercy of the court.
3: do That would be a lie.
2: So what? Everyone lies.
3: Not everyone.
2: Are, are you looking to become a martyr? What in the world is he doing? I have no idea. Oh. Huh. Tell me. And what is it that you want, Grace? Tell me, tell us.
3: I want, I wanna be able to tell the truth.
2: The truth? Whose truth? And what truth are you referring to? Grace, is there some truth that you know that no one else knows? Oh, that's right, the other night, Didn't you tell me that Jesus spoke to you personally?
3: Why are you doing
2: this? I'm the one asking the questions, Miss Wesley. Did you or did you not tell me that Jesus spoke to you personally? Yes. And what did he say? I'll make it easier for you. Didn't you say that he asked you a question? That was personal.
3: You weren't supposed
2: to. I don't care. The other night you told me that Jesus asked you something. What did he ask you, Grace? Tell all of us. I think we deserve to know.
3: Why are you doing this to me?
2: Answer the question.
3: They won't believe me.
2: It doesn't matter. All that matters is that you believe it. Tell us, Grace, under penalty of perjury, what was the question that God presented to you personally that night on campus? Answer the question. Answer the question!
3: (sighs) He asked, who do you say that I am?
2: And what did you answer?
3: You are the Christ, the son of the living God.
0: Well,
2: there you have it. Your Honor, I I think we've all heard quite enough. Ms. Anna, are you looking to change your client's plea? No, Your Honor. I say she's innocent of all wrongdoing. But I'm asking the jury to find against her anyway. I mean, let's face it. She has the audacity to believe not only that there is a God, but that she has a personal relationship with him, which colors everything that she says and does. I think it's time that we stop pretending that we can trust a person like this to serve in a public capacity. In the name of tolerance and diversity, I say we destroy her. That's enough, Miss Hindler. Then we can all go to our graves content knowing that we stomped out the last spark of faith that was ever exhibited in the public square. That's enough, Miss Hindler. I say we make an example of her. Miss Hindler, that's enough. Let's set a new precedent that employment by our federal government mandates that you must first announce any belief system you have. Mr. Inley, that is enough. You are the force. And if someone slips through the cracks and, and hides their beliefs, then we arrest them and fine them. And if they don't pay, then we seize their property. And if they resist, well, let's not kid ourselves. Enforcement is always at the end of a gun. Mr. Inler, you are the board and I charge you with contempt. I accept the charge, because I have nothing but contempt for these proceedings. If we're going to insist that a Christian's right to believe is subordinate to all other rights, then it's not a right. Somebody is always going to be offended. 2,000 years of human history proves that. So I say we get on with it. Cite the law, charge the jury, and send them off to deliberate. So be it! Now, we're going to bypass the usual closing arguments, unless Mr. Kane finds a need to further address the jury.
3: No, your honor, we can ask nothing more.
1: He's your attorney and, he's, and he forces her up there. Just like, no, what, what, no, 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 no. You like, like if, if the other side had, sure. But like, that's your attorney. He has to do what you say. He can't call you to the stand. Then the judge is like, oh, well, this is highly irregular. It's like, well, okay. Well, I'm going to treat this witness as hostile. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing? This is just me. This is, and I know it's for dramatic effect, but man, it is some dumb drama. This is a dumb person's idea of, I know what'll be dramatic. Yeah, Let's do this. And it's just like, unreal. And then he starts grilling her about her faith and like things that she told him in confidence, breaching attorney client confidence, like about (laughs) her past with faith. And he's just grilling her and he just breaks her down for the purposes of making it clear to the jury. No, see, she's a Christian. Don't you get it? She won't renounce her faith. You get it. Okay. And I'm like, what the fuck was that all for? And you know, Ray Wise rightly says, as the jury kind of like walks out, like, remind me to send that guy a gift, you know, like for that, you know, little bit of uh, drama and to which I say, yeah, uh, spoiler, Melissa Joan Hart's going to win this case, but I just can't help but think, like, after that tirade, like, what happens if she doesn't win? <laughs> Jesse Matcalf is getting disbarred <laughs> because, like, he, you know, he forced his own client on the stand, he broke attorney-client privilege, and then that's found in contempt from the court, like, Ernie Hudson holds him in contempt, and then he says, I hold this, these proceedings in contempt. Like it's like, oh, you just he just put the system on trial. It was just 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 oh Joe, my brain hurts. This yes. movie is just so fucking bad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so like you said, he tells the jury you cannot use your bias or prejudice. And they go in. They again, they don't really reference if it's a civil or criminal, because they just say we find for the teacher. And then they all celebrate Ray <laughs> Weiss is mad uh The blue-haired girl walks by and smiles at Grace to be like, "See, I actually was a Christian." And uh there, the ACLU yeah, walkers, a
1: crucifix on the back of her fucking neck.
0: <laughs> the the ACLU lawyers are walking out. They're like, "And you actually proved that God existed." I'm like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" And they, yeah. it shows everyone seeing it. Like Pat Boone sees, hears it on the radio. The pastor sees it in the the hospital as he's leaving and they play that goddamn god's not dead song that has been stuck in my head since i've seen this movie god's (sighs)
1: not dead he surely lied hey man it's a banger all right like like say what you will about uh evangelical rock but that's like top shelf you know you can't (laughs) beat it did you watch through the credits oh fuck no well, okay. well, I mean, I, I watched the credits where they told me to text people that God's not doing <laughs> yes. Like, that's oh, the first God. thing that comes out. Like, so... Like, in which I did.
0: So, in the credits, they list all these court cases that were inspiration for this movie. None of the court cases are related. All the court cases are about students trying to, like, hand out flyers for their, like, religious group on campus, the school telling them no, and then suing and being like, hey, you have to let them exercise free speech. None of it is about a teacher trying to preach and getting sued. There's one that's just straight up a homophobic case that is there's some that are still pending. And this was one of them. And it was a like bed and breakfast that refused to rent to a gay couple. And the one of the like allied defense funds that funded this movie is funding that case. And I was like, so that inspired your movie about being able to preach in schools total bs there's an end credit scene though is the main thing why i asked after the credits are done pastor man is out of the hospital he's walking to his church with his uh, token friend and cops pull up and they're like you didn't turn in your sermons so you're under arrest and they arrest him, and they put him in the car, <laughs> Okay. Oh. and the the one guy goes, what do we do, and he's like, same thing we always do, we pray, and it's the setup for the third movie.
1: I, okay. I did not watch through the credits, uh, because I'm not a crazy person, uh, but I did notice that we lost the thread of the subpoenas because our, you know, cool pants pastor refused to turn in his sermons, uh, you know, to this, you know, very, very like intimidating and evil clerk who like accused him. Well, you know what they say, the nail that stands tallest is the one that gets hammered first. he's like, all right, like we lost the thread of that plot entirely. And I thought that they had just written it out because they're fucking idiots. Because, like in the <laughs> in, in the previews, in the trailers for this movie and the like the home screen landing page for this movie, it's the shot of this cool pastor being led away in handcuffs. Yet in the actual movie, that didn't happen. There was no resolution. So they waited for the end of the credits to do that. That is just no, actually, Joe, it's just dumb. It's just fucking dumb. Like. Yes.
0: Oh. Yes. So, I mean, like for most movies, we go in and say, are there legal points to this movie that are incorrect? Yeah, there are all of them. Every single legal point is wrong in this movie. Like there might be a hand, like maybe one or two that are done correctly, but that's not the point. of this movie. The point of this movie was written to be look at how us Christians are persecuted in the one nation where it is the easiest yep. to be a Christian and it's written to just line the pockets of some evangelical production company which yeah studio execs do that too but it just seems slimier here
1: like they're they're both grifts but like this is a grift grift like like yeah you're right like yeah like studio execs in hollywood line their pockets too but like this is like a grift because you're just like selling a version of the world uh as reality like no this is what we're up against like it 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 is fantasy like that's all this is it's just fantastical living like between the hours you spend listening to conservative talk radio to and from (laughs) or during work and point being it it is this movie is just a grift this cult this this industry is a grift but it's also serving a very valid market function it's providing a targeted product for folks whose entire identity is i'm um, and i want to be clear here i'm not questioning people of faith or criticizing or smirching them for that matter but when you just may dive be. into it yeah you might be and that's fine that's your right god damn it uh but when you just dive into this culture so head just so just blindly that it leads you to movies like this as illustrations of like, well, that's a great movie. That should that that's a moment of pers- that, that's a moment that gives perspective of like, maybe you're doing this fucking wrong if this actually comes off as good to you. Like <laughs> maybe you should tap the tap the brakes a little bit.
0: All right. So the one kind of like other thing that we always do is the motion to strike. Normally it's like Hell there's yeah. one part in the movie or something that you don't like. There's too much here for me. It all sucks. Uh, <laughs> the motion to strike would be this entire franchise. So, dismiss. Yeah.
1: Dismiss. <laughs> With prejudice, Joe. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take a little bit m- more of a delicate approach here. The one thing I want to rip out is the newly found Christian blogger tie in from the first movie (laughs) who like plays just an unnecessary role throughout this whole movie. The fact that she blogs into a dictaphone also irked me, but she serves nothing. She furthers no plot. She does nothing other. Her existence is merely fan service to the first movie, which culminates at the end of the movie when the verdict comes out where the, where our, teenager the junior in high school the actual plaintiff comes out and yells god's not dead that's how she announces the verdict which is which is hilarious because i realized didn't realize that was the, actually the legal issue in dispute but uh <laughs> and she phones the lead singer which we've already established they're friends with from the first movie of the newsboys which is a uh, you know probably a top tier christian rock band they're the ones who wrote the song god's not dead hence hence the movie title while they are in the middle of a concert <laughs> at Grand Canyon University, most popularized recently for beating Ohio State in the, you know, March Madness NCAA tournament. And everyone was like, oh, it's a Cinderella story. And I just looked at it like, I'm not rooting for those kids. God, no, absolutely not. Uh, it's just a, the most cynical of super Christian mega uh, mega schools. But she calls them at a concert. This verdict presumably came out at best, in the afternoon, in the central time zone, on a work day, she calls the lead singer of a rock band playing to like a full house at Grand Canyon University, a time zone or two away, behind, so we were earlier, uh, on a weekday, to give them the notes. And I just got to say, like, what whack-ass rock concert pulls in 10,000 streaming fans at 11 a.m. on a Wednesday? Like, wh- what is that? That made no sense whatsoever. I was just like, and, and, and she doesn't even get to speak into the microphone. Like the lead singer just like talking to the mic. Like, hey, I'm on the phone with my friend, uh, you know, newly found religious blogger. Uh, <laughs> she got over cancer and uh, a woman on trial for her faith was found innocent. And so God's not dead. And then everyone just just yeah, cheer. I mean that yeah. is
0: that is kind of like a Christian rock band to be like, we're going to do this concert at two o'clock in the afternoon, and we're going to bring down the house and be home by six.
1: And yeah, but I all right, mate, that's a culture <laughs> thing. Yeah, okay, fine. I just like what the like that just doesn't happen, does it? But I, I guess I'm ignorant, so that's on me.
0: But <laughs> I I get your motion to strike because like it, her her real storyline is resolved in like the first 20 minutes of the movie because she's just like, my cancer's gone. And they're like, it was God. And that's all that really happens with her other than just to be there to be a reporter on the story
1: then. Yeah, she, she did nothing else. Nothing. Um, so moving on, uh, our other features. I mean, the, the penult, well, before we get to the penultimate, Joe, uh, who was Ray Wise in law school. And I think we can. Just oh, yeah. I guess this. we're think he about is that. An ACLU even. lawyer, after all.
0: So. The thing is, like, his character that he plays is so much different from what an ACLU lawyer I would picture in law school. <laughs>
1: Don't think too hard. The writers didn't.
0: Like, he plays like the perfect asshole from law school who tries to just do anything he can to screw people over. But he, ACLU lawyers, like yeah they might be really really smart people and really dedicated but they're not like the gunner asshole normally they're, at least not in my uh experience from law school so
1: yeah. i i honestly I, this is one of my favorite categories in this movie i don't care because <laughs> these characters make no sense yes. i think this is this is one where we just punt and just say jesse matcalf yeah you Finished third in your class at Stanford, and are a public defender in Arkansas, and uh, now you're which, defending a teacher in an administ- essentially an administrative action. Like, what? what it made sharp? no sense like, because they—they
0: they said he graduated like top five at Stanford. He clerked on the Ninth Circuit, which is for non-law listeners, the West Coast, and then he ends up in Arkansas as a public defender. I'm like, what? how
1: there must Whatever. have been a, uh there must have been a paternity suit that they aren't talking about in the movie and <laughs> it's like i i don't know uh, he's got a little bit of hunter biden syndrome going on it <laughs> happens to the best of us
0: yes so the final question on this movie like we do with all of them is does it pass the bar our score from zero to 100 over 50 it passes the bar under it doesn't uh what was your score for this movie
1: I don't know, like 24, like it does not pass the bar. Uh, It, I mean, it, it's not even a movie. I, I, I I don't know how to critically, and I'm being generous. Rotten Tomatoes gave this a, and I don't swear by Rotten Tomatoes, but it gave it a 10%. This movie is an utter shit heap, Uh, but I encourage you to watch it because (laughs) I mean, it's, I mean, it, it, it's like a car crash on the side of the road. You, you just can't help but look. Uh, so by all means, fair listener, take a look. But no, it does not pass the bar. It sucks as a, it sucks as a movie, and it sucks even worse as a legal movie. And uh, all I can say is I'm disappointed in Melissa Joan Hart. Uh, you know, <laughs> Sabrina, the teenage witch, from renouncing her pagan and Wiccan tendencies to go full-on Christy, like, you know, we should have known back then, should have known
0: so i am uh harsher than you i am giving this a one because they made a movie and i didn't so i can give them a point for that but everything else about this movie is terrible
1: now my mission is to find a movie worse than this that fits (laughs) our uh our our scheme and i will find it and i will make you watch it so you're gonna have to revise some things
0: to go To go into more why I hate this movie so much. As a movie, it makes no sense. There's no research in the screenwriting. There's no research in the wardrobe. There's no research in the set design. They just filmed it in Arkansas because, like you said, they got tax credits. They throw so much into this movie. But to go more into myself, I went to religious school from kindergarten until senior year. And movies like this are the reason I don't consider myself that religious anymore, because this is a common personality that I would see growing up, where they just have this victimhood about them. And they believe that what they're doing is like, at odds with everything. And there's clearly such an ulterior motive to the leaders in these institutions. And it just it really struck a chord with me when I was watching this that This is nothing but a grift, nothing but to make money and to further the biases of their core audience. So yes, this is a one from me. They made a movie. I'll give them credit there because I have not made a movie. But other than that, I think if you gave me $5 million, I could make a better movie than this.
1: You know what? I think you could. I think we could. I think we should... uh... Actually, all right, we're going to drop the uh, get Joe and Spencer a tank go fuck <laughs> it. We're going to switch that up into Joe and Spencer make a movie. Uh, actually, you know, we will make this movie. We will make <laughs> this, this, the premise of this film, and we will make it better.
0: Okay? We're gonna that, get, that's what we'll do. We're going to get Kyle McLaughlin instead.
1: Ooh. ooh uh, I was hoping you were going to finish Kyle with Kyle Chandler. <laughs> i want coach from friday night lights he ain't doing shit like no let's bring him in he would be dynamic oh my god uh one thing apologies though to ernie hudson for being involved in this at all uh you know an original ghostbuster and like just always you know pitching 100 and everything he's in it was just a bummer to see him kind of cashing a paycheck here, just like, well, man's got to eat, you know, but, and good for Uh, him, but, god damn, Marie, you can do better.
0: Yeah, so my final thoughts on the movie are, uh, God may not be dead, but I really wanted to be while watching this movie, and watch it if you want to watch a movie that just really sucks and isn't trying to suck at the same time.
1: You will laugh. You will laugh. Yes. You will also pull your hair out. Like it, it, like it's not This is, this movie is not exactly Going to be an endurance sport uh, <laughs> you know, You're not going to like Really go through a lot of pain You're just going to be a little haunted by it. Uh, Like we are Yes
0: So From myself and Spencer Remember Never talk to the cops Never go to law school And none of this is the a bus if yep. not dead, he surely lies.